Well, did you come to receive today? Yeah, that's pretty weak. Let's try that again. Did you come to receive? Yeah. All right, praise God. You know, uh, whatever it's worth, which I, I believe it's worth something here, uh, if you come to receive, guess what? You receive, amen. If you, if you come, you know, just to play church, you may not go home with anything, but if you came to receive, amen, you always go home with something, praise the Lord. So um, let's, put, uh, let's put Colossians 3, uh, verse 1 up there. Um, we have um, this year been working on Sundays. Uh, Spirit of the Lord told us uh, beginning of the year that this was the year of the overcomer for us here at Word of Victory. So we began just kind of ministering on overcoming and, and uh, you know, what that means and and coming at it from each angle, you know, for several angles as far as being an overcomer in, in the Lord. And, and uh, one of the things that we started dealing with several weeks back is that uh, there's no way you're going to ever overcome if you don't start changing where you set your mind. You know, if you keep thinking the same way you always thought, then guess what? Nothing shifts and changes. But if you change your thoughts, guess what? You start changing your life, amen, and that's how this works. And so... Uh, the, one of our key verses for this is verses 1 and 2 here. It says, if, if then you were raised with Christ, in other words, if you've accepted Christ, so the word says this, that you've been crucified together with him, but you've also been resurrected together with him. Amen. As if you were the one, amen, he paid a price for you, amen, hallelujah, your substitute. And so then, if, is there anybody here who made Jesus Lord of their life? All right, okay, so that's talking about you. If then you were raised with Christ, it says, then seek those things which are above. All right, where Christ is, right? Seated, seating right now at the right hand of God. Set your mind. Let's go ahead and do it. Verse 2. Set your mind on things above and not on things on the earth. Come on now. Set your mind or aim your mind. Amen. There's a lot of things, uh, higher things that, uh, in God that you can aim your mind towards. And we've kind of been taking some uh, you know, time going through some things. But there really isn't any higher thing to set your mind on than the Word of God. There's a lot of good things you can set your mind on, but if we're going to talk about setting your mind on things above, there ain't nothing higher than God's Word. Are you still with me? And so what we've been doing um, the last, probably last three weeks, I suppose, uh, talking about setting our mind on the Word, and we've been talking about valuing the Word. Because if you value the Word, then you're more apt to give ear to the Word. You're more apt to give heed to the word. You're more apt to apply the word. Amen. you got to give value to it. Amen. If you don't have any value to it, you won't spend any time with it. You won't listen. You won't give ear to it. You won't apply it. Uh, so you gotta, you got to value that word. Amen. Look at your neighbor and say, value the word. So in a sense, that's kind of a, uh, where we've been, kind of the angle we've been coming at. And so last week, uh, we started talking about why we value the word. All right? Why this word is so important. What is the, you know, why is it so important for us to give value to this word? And so I uh, come at it with a few different things last week, and we'll do a few things this week, but maybe just for sake of just a brief review, let's do the Hebrews uh, 4. Um, Hebrews 4 uh, says that the word of God is living and powerful, sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even the division of soul and spirit, joint and marrow and is a discerner of thoughts and intents of the heart. Of course, last week we dissected this and took uh, line upon line here and kind of uh, took, took a look at it. And bottom line is this, amen, this word, why we value the word, well, it helps keep our life 
uh, in check. Come on, somebody. It helps us discern things right. Come on, what's of God, what's of us, amen. Uh, what's important, what isn't. Uh, what's, uh, you know, what's critical in our life. What, what kind of thoughts are we given? What kind of intentions do we have? All these kind of things. If the Word of God, if you're given value to the Word of God, amen, and you see, amen, the importance of the Word of God, that Word will come in there and help bring discernment in your life. Amen. You begin to understand why, why this and why not that, all right? Give me another verse. Let's do the uh, Romans uh, chapter 12 and verse 2, another one we looked at last week. Uh, do not be conformed to this world, uh, but be transformed, right, by the, what? the renewing of your mind. Of course, talking about with the word, amen. So renew your mind with the word, why that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. Again, a level of discernment talking about there to prove or discern what is good. Uh, but then we talked about there out of this verse about being transformed. That when that word, when you begin to value that word and see the value of it, it begins, you understand that it begins to renew the mind. It begins to renovate the mind, amen, to reconstruct your way of thinking. And when that happens, automatically what begins to happen then is a thing called transformation, praise God. Sometimes we work real hard at trying to do this Christian thing. And all you need to do is just get the word of God going in you. You can just get your mind renewed to the Word of God. Amen. That's why we give, give out the Word. That's why we give out things. Amen. Because trying to get the Word working in us. Because if we can get the Word going in you, praise God, get your mind renewed, it automatically starts this process of transformation in your life. Amen. You don't have to struggle and strain at it so hard. Well, you know, sometimes, you know, people get saved and then they, you know, they start hearing, you know, you got to walk in love. And, boy, that one to get most of you anyway. Right? Oh, I gotta walk in love. Well, this guy's a stinker, I know, but you gotta walk in love. And so you strain at it and oh you gotta be kind. Oh, I gotta be kind too. Uh, so you gotta be kind and oh, you know, then you gotta give. Oh, I gotta give. Oh, I gotta serve. Oh, I gotta serve. Uh. Pretty soon Christianity is just a big, big bummer. Come on. How many know it ain't designed to be that way? That ain't how it's designed. God didn't design it that way. God says, listen, I want to help you with this thing. I ain't trying to ask you to do all this in your own power and your own strength. So one of those things that, that needs to happen is get the word going in you. You get the word going in you, pretty soon it starts modifying how you think. Amen. Pretty soon, amen, all of a sudden this transformation just begins to happen, praise God. And it's by the Spirit of God. In fact, the next verse, let's put that 2 Corinthians up there. Hallelujah. And verse 18 says, but we all with an unveiled face, beholding as in a mirror the glory of the Lord and are being transformed into the same image from glory to glory, just as by the Spirit of the Lord. Another verse that we uh, looked at last week, amen, talking about really in context is dealing with this word is like a mirror. Amen. Hallelujah. It's better than the bathroom mirror. Come on, somebody. Hallelujah. This mirror here, you get to looking in this, and instead of being depressed when you look at it, praise the Lord, it begins to sing this, it starts transforming you, praise God. It starts changing you into this image, amen. And one of the keys uh, why we value the word is because in this word, we find out who we are. We find out our true identity. We find out, amen, our true potential, amen. And how many know you've got great potential? But if you don't know you got potential, come on, somebody, you may go your whole life and never tap the potential that you have that God designed for you, amen. That's why one of the reasons we value this word is because in this word, amen, it begins to reveal who we've been made to be 
and what we can do in Christ. Amen. Um, a reference maybe for the uh, Jeremiah 29, a kind of a common verse in verse 11. Uh, he says, I, I know the thoughts that I think towards you, says the Lord. Thoughts of peace and not of evil, to give you a future and of hope. Now, he says, my thoughts are trying to give you a future, amen, and a hope. So the point is this, the whole reason for getting this word, to, to meditate on this word, to look at this word, to, 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 you know, to, to grasp what's coming out of this word, part of that is because it's God's thoughts. And the more that we can get a hold of God's thoughts and start making them our thoughts, the more all that God promises starts manifesting. Can I hear a big amen? amen. Hallelujah. Look at your neighbor and say, I'm going to get some more of that. Praise God. All right. Now, just uh, I think what I'll do here, I got a little, uh, little statement that, uh, you know, years ago, kind of how the Lord kind of gave it to me. But um, I'm going to go ahead and throw it in right here. If we will purpose... Uh, to aim our mind or set our mind or to meditate on what he says to meditate on, we will think, listen, if we just start doing that, we will automatically start thinking on what the average man will never think on. Hang on. And if we will think on what the average man will never think on, then we're going to see what the average man will never see. And we'll receive what the average man will never receive. And we will do what the average man will never do. And we will be what the average man will never be. And we will go beyond the limits the average man experiences on a day-to-day -day basis. So the idea is to get God's thoughts, amen, to begin, amen, to let the transforming power begin to happen as we begin to renew our mind with this word, as we begin to look into this mirror and find out who we've been made to be. The more we do this, praise God, the more we become who Christ made us to be, and I guarantee you there ain't nothing average about that. God didn't make you to be average. Amen. Above and beyond. You're the head and not the tail. Come on, somebody. Called to conquer. Called to overcome. Praise God. Amen. Smile real big at your neighbor and say, you overcomer, you. <laughs> Hallelujah. All right. So what we got today, amen, let's shift gears a little bit here. We're going to go to Romans 10, please. Romans 10. Hallelujah. So did you come to hear and come to receive? All right. So Romans 10. And verse 17 <clears throat> says this, So then faith comes by hearing, hallelujah, and hearing by the word of God. So in context, he's talking about hearing the message. In fact, if you back up a few verses, he talks about the gospel message being preached and how beautiful are the feet of those that preach that gospel message, praise God. So in context, he's talking about the good news Hallelujah, being preached, being taught, praise God. And he says that as we hear that, as we receive that, that literally that word hearing uh, means to give audience to it. Amen, to give audience uh, to information and instruction, all right? So we're hearing it, and the implication is hearing it, and hearing it, and hearing it, and hearing it, and hearing it. Are you, are you still with me? Faith comes by hearing. Faith don't come by having heard. Faith comes by hearing. Hearing it, praise God, means it's an ongoing thing. So one of the things uh, why we value the Word of God is because faith comes. Faith. Everybody say faith. I mean, you can't talk about the Word, you know, without talking about faith. Somewhere in there, right? So anyway, the word faith, the Greek word pistis, P-I-S-T-I-S, okay? 
And uh, it means uh, to believe or to have belief in. It means to be persuaded, convinced, confident, assurance, reliance. And of course the word trust is one of those synonyms also for that word. So faith comes, amen, by hearing and hearing by the word of God. In other words, when the word of God's coming in, here comes faith automatically. Why? Because you're hearing it. So faith, assurance. The more I hear the word, the more assurance I have in that word. The more I hear that word, the more trust I have in my God. The more I hear that word, the more confident I become. The more I hear that word, uh, the, more, uh, the more reliance I have uh, concerning my God taking care of me. Are you still with me? The more I hear that word, amen, the more convinced I am of the promises that he's declared. Amen. And that's the truth. Amen. The more you hear it, amen, the more convinced you become. Paul made a statement in, in uh, the end of Romans 8. He said, I'm persuaded that neither life nor death nor angels nor principalities nor powers nor things present nor things to come nor height nor depth nor any other created thing can separate me from the love of God which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Yeah. Hallelujah. I'm persuaded. Amen. I'm confident. Amen. That my God has got my back. Praise God. Amen. And he was, he was confident in it. Well, how can a man be so confident? How can a man be so persuaded? How can a man be so convinced that God, amen, is never going to leave him nor forsake him? Well, how does that happen in an individual? Only one way. You're going to have to keep hearing it. And the more you hear it, the more confident you become, the more assured you become. Some people are just confident in CNN. fact. Some people have faith in, uh, you know, some of the talk shows. I'll leave that alone. Come on. Because that's what they, that's what they hear all the time. And so they're, they're, they're just confident in the fact that they'd never lie. Come on, somebody. Some people are, are more, have more faith in the internet than they do in the Word of God because they're more apt to listen and hear what's on the internet. You know, the internet never lies. Come on, somebody. Now, I know it sounds like I'm just picking on you, but I'm not. The point is this, okay? You have faith in what you hear on a consistent basis. The more you hear it, the more reliance and dependence and confidence you begin to have. Amen. Uh, Abraham, a, a good example of the father of our faith, you know, in Romans 4. In fact, let's go to Romans 4 since we're in Romans. Uh, go to Romans 4. Are you doing good today? Yeah. Romans 4. And really this whole text here is talking about, really about Abraham walking in his promise. And in verse, I'm going to go to like verse 20. And it says, uh, talking about Abraham again, it says, He did not waver at the promise. He did not stagger or hesitate uh, at the promise of God through unbelief, but was strengthened in faith, giving glory to God. Now, how many know Abraham didn't start out in faith? Come on, somebody. But the more he heard it, the more confident he became. Amen. And we got multiple things that happened in the life of Abraham. But as time went on, he became more and more confident. Amen. He didn't waver uh, with unbelief. He didn't stagger at it. All right. He began to stand firm in it, praise God. And how many know it took a little while even for Sarah to get a hold of it? Come on, somebody. But pretty soon she got a hold of it. And guess what? She went out to Walmart and bought a T-shirt that said baby with an arrow down here. Come on, right? Amen. 
Why? Because somewhere along the line, it connected, praise God, and she became confident that what God had promised, he was also able to perform, praise God. Verse 21, and being fully, everybody say fully, being fully convinced or persuaded, amen, hallelujah, that, that be, you know, having faith here, that what he had promised, he was also able to perform. And like I said, you know, uh, any of the patriarchs of faith that we look up to and and the word says we should, amen. And uh, you know they, uh, you know they patriarchs of faith. I mean, you can go to Hebrews eleven and see all of our heroes of faith, and uh, you know, kind of that uh, hall of faith, uh, hall of fame of faith people, or how you want to say it, men and women of God that did great things. And and uh, every one of them, you can go uh, across the board and look at them, and they didn't all get it right off the bat. It didn't like all of a sudden instantly manifest, amen, that they had great faith. They had to build on it. Come on, somebody, because they had to keep hearing it. The more they heard it, the more they were around it, the more they meditated on it, the more it became uh, a fact. And all of a sudden, they got to the place in their walk and in their life where they had faith, amen, that they believed, that they believed, that they believed that God was with them, praise God, that God would do this, that God would perform this, praise God. Well, Abraham and Sarah were no different, amen. The more they heard it, the more they meditated on it, the more they began to believe it. Now, the reason that's such good news to you and me is because ain't none of us arrived yet. All right? And, but we have the promise from God that the more we meditate on His Word, the more that we, we, we put that Word before us, the more that we aim our mind toward this Word, the more we set our mind on the Word of God, the more we hear the Word of God, faith comes. And all of a sudden, praise God, uh, no devil in hell can knock you off it. Come on, somebody, no circumstance can, can knock you back. No person on planet Earth can talk you out of it. Because what? You're, you're, con you're convinced, you're persuaded, praise God. Hallelujah. And now if, you, if, you're, if somebody can say something and it knocks you off it, you're not persuaded yet. Come on, somebody. Somebody say, well, I tried that and it didn't work. Well, stop trying and let's do it. Come on, right? So the point is you got to keep hearing it. That's why we, we have to we have to that's why we have to value this word. Amen. Hearing it one time ain't gonna do it. You're gonna have to hear it time and time again. In fact, that's why sometimes I like doing series, uh, you know, in the, as far as preaching and stuff. Um, you know, some people say, well, you keep saying the same thing every week. That's right. Hopefully you'll get it. Come on, right? I mean, isn't that the truth? I mean, you can hear, you can hear, you know, I don't know how many times I preach in a year, but at least behind this pulpit, maybe about, a, you know, a hundred times, I guess, uh, in a course of a year, and, you know, that great preaching, hallelujah. You could have a hundred sermons, all right, and uh, you could talk about a hundred different things, but if you didn't go out with anything that really changed your life, well, what good was it? Come on, somebody. But I found that if you kind of stick with it, Work on it. Kind of till the ground. Come on, keep working the ground. Keep watering it. Amen. The seed that's in the ground. You just keep going. Pretty soon it starts clicking and starts working. Come on, somebody. So anyway, this is kind of how faith operates. Amen. The more you hear it, faith comes by hearing and hearing. Amen. And hearing and hearing by the word of God. Amen. Praise God. So, praise God. So, verse uh, 21 again. Let's look at this verse again. It says, And being fully convinced that what he had promised, he was also able to perform. Uh, put uh, 2 Corinthians 1 and 20 up on the board. 
How many know the promises of God are yes and amen, right? It says all the promises of God in Him are yes and amen, hallelujah, hallelujah, to the glory of God through us. All right, now, yes and amen. You notice it didn't say no. It said yes. And you notice it said all the promises, okay, are yes, and in Him, amen, which means so be it, by the way. The word amen means so be it. So all the promises of God are yes and so be it. In other words, God ain't backing up on the promises. God's not going to give you a promise and, and give another person, uh, you know, or hold back a promise from another person. And what God did for one person, you have to be aware of the fact that whatever God did for one, he'll do for all. If God did something for that person, he'd do that for you. Now, the word promise, everybody say promise. Uh, it's necessary to understand because this word uh, is filled with promises. You have two different covenants here. You've got the old covenant new covenant. But within these covenants, you have promises. Now, I've never taken the time to count them all, um, but there are people that have. Um, and, uh, you know, I've heard anywhere from anywhere between seven and 10,000 promises in the Word. Okay? That's a lot of promises. And in these promises, it's, it's there to, it can be applied to any part of your life. Almost all areas of life, I shouldn't say almost, all areas of your life are covered by the promises of God. Can I hear a big amen? All right. They're all in here. So what is a promise? A promise is this. This is how it's defined in, uh, in, the, in the concordance. A promise is an expressed assurance on which expectation is to be based. An expressed assurance. In other words, something that has been expressed. And how many know this word here uh, started off being a spoken word that was then recorded for you and me that we can go back and we can read what was spoken. How many know God is still speaking though, right? Come on. All right. So an expressed, something expressed. So a promise is something expressed. An expressed assurance, in other words, something you can bank on, something you can, you, can, uh, you can lean on, an expressed assurance on which expectation, hope, or anticipation, your expectation is to be based on. So in other words, you should be able to find something in here that you can base your expectation on. Still with me? So with that said, back to... Uh, uh, Romans 4 and 21, put that back on the board, please. Romans 4 and 21, and it says that Abraham, of course, uh, being fully convinced that what he had promised, he spoke to him, okay, a promise about a son being born, amen. And that promise, amen, hallelujah, the word says he was fully convinced that what he had promised, he was also able to perform. And guess what? It did happen, didn't it? Amen. Of course, there's other things that have been, were promised to Abraham also. But the point being is this. This word is filled with promises. Now, why we value the word? Because the more we meditate on this word, the more we set our mind on this word, the more we aim our mind on these promises, the more convinced the more persuaded, the more assured, come on, the more confident you become on those promises or on His Word. And the more you do that, the more, you, more results you begin to see. Can I hear a bigger amen than what I'm hearing? Thank you. Amen. Being fully convinced. 
So the key is this. Why do we value this word? Well, because uh, that's where faith comes. And the more we hear it, the more faith we have in it. Amen. Now, um, you know, I made a statement, you know, about CNN, and I'm not here to pick on any, any one station by any means because there's all, it, could, you, it doesn't matter what station or what program or what talk show or what uh, that you listen to. Um, you know, you can sit and listen to something long enough and, and uh, you become persuaded or convinced. Faith comes by having heard. And, and a lot of times, you know, you get on this topic and people say, no, faith only comes when you hear the word. No, 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 no. In, in text, it's talking about hearing the word. And he says, if you will keep hearing that word, you'll have faith in that word. But you have to understand how faith works. So the point is, is that's why you have to set your mind on the word. You have to set your mind on the word if you want faith in the word. Let's try it one more time. You have to set your mind on the word of God if you want faith in the word of God. Amen. Because you can put your mind on the word a little bit, and then you can turn around and somebody can say it can't be done, and because you might have a little... Uh, maybe that somebody of respect or whatever it is for whatever you can let that one word that that person said you might have more faith in what they said than what God said, and that's the problem sometimes. The key is to have faith in the word. Amen. If we value that word, you'll give ear to that word. You'll give attention to that word. You'll give heed to that word. Amen. You'll draw from that word. You'll apply that word. You'll see results from that word. Still with me? Amen. Everybody say, faith comes. Amen. It comes when you keep hearing it. That's why you want to have your, you know, that's why you want to set your mind on it. Amen. So, the idea is to, to have faith in what he says. Amen. If, you know, it's like this. The word says that by his stripes ye were healed. Past tense. Past tense. Ye were healed. Okay. Which means Jesus paid a price, amen, for your healing. That's why even in, when you take communion, uh, one of the things is the, the, the body that's been broken. Amen. Part of what you take is because of the fact that a price was paid for your healing. That's never changed. It's a past tense thing. It's a done deal. Price has been paid for your healing. But if you don't ever put your mind on that, you don't ever set your mind on that, you can go your whole life and never experience wholeness of body, even though a price has been paid for you to have it. And you got people out there that'll talk you out of it. And you got, you got things out there that'll somehow cause you to, to look away from it or somehow doubt it in one way or another. The point is this, the more you give your attention to it, amen, that's a promise from God, the more you give your attention to it, the more it manifests. Why? Because faith comes. Uh, why we do what we do in our offering time. The idea is that, not just to bore you with a, a long confession. All right, the idea is the more it's put before you, the more you meditate on it, the more you speak it, the more faith comes. Why? Because you're applying, it's, it's coming in, it's coming in, it's coming in the ear gates, it's coming in the eye gates. Come on, somebody. And you start bringing it in. The more you bring it in, the more you have faith in it, praise God. And the idea is to bring change. You might go your whole life, the whole time God has provided 
There's provision to meet every need. And you'll go your whole life and never experience it because you never have set your mind on it. You've never, amen, heard it and kept hearing it to the point that faith comes. God is no respecter of people, the Word says. If He's done it for one, He'll do it for others. Are you still with me? He'll do it for all. I'll just say it like that. Still with me? But if you never set your mind on it, then it never, you never have faith or confidence or reliance or dependence. Come on, somebody. Or you're persuaded or convinced that what God promised, He'll do. If you don't ever set your mind on it. So what happens? You go along life, and even though the preacher man stands up there uh, talking about it, it's just wah, 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 wah. Still with me? And so, okay, I heard you say that one time, but, you know, uh, it's never really worked for me, so, you know, whatever, preacher. But see, if you put your mind, set your mind on that promise, and you keep meditating on that promise, you keep drawing in that promise, you keep speaking that promise, you do the things that are necessary to aim your mind toward it, pretty soon faith comes, come on somebody, here comes the confidence, here comes the reliance, and all of a sudden things begin to click and work like it's supposed to. Still with me? The enemy knows that's how it works. That's why he tries to get the word out, tries to steal that word, tries to choke that word. Uh, tries to somehow scorch that word through uh, uh, the shallow earth, you know, the shallow heart. You know, he tries to somehow get that word out. Why? Because if that word gets in there too deep, it starts producing something. Well, one of the reasons it produces is because faith comes. Still with me? All right. So look at your neighbor and say, faith comes. Amen. That's why, that's why we uh, value, or one of the reasons we value the word of God. Praise God. Go with me to John 8, please. John 8 and 31. <clears throat> Another common text, but let's look at it. Why do we value this word? Amen. John 8 and 31, please. And Jesus said to those Jews who believe, if you abide in my word, or if you continue, you remain in my word, it says then you are my disciples indeed, or disciplined ones indeed. And it says then what, what happens when you, when you continue in that word? It says you're going to know the truth. Amen. You're going to know the truth. And then the truth, in, 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 in implying that the truth you know shall make you free. All right? So why, the, why do we value the word? Well, because the word's there to make you free. The word's there to give you results. Amen. And if you abide and you continue in that word, amen, all of a sudden, praise God, you begin to know some things. Amen. Not only does faith come, but now we begin to, all of a sudden, we're knowing some things. Praise God. Uh, let's see. I don't know if I gave him that reference, but uh, uh, John in 17, uh, verse 17, uh, Jesus uh, says that the, uh, that sanctify them by your truth. And he says, your word is truth. Is that what, yep, thank you. You got it. Okay. Your word is truth. Okay. So we know that, hallelujah, this word produces or provides something called truth. Can I say it that way? So the more, if we value this word, then what we're going to do, we're going to value the truths that are in this word. We could say the principles or the, uh, you know, the things that, you know, the laws, the spiritual laws and things that are, that are in this word. And the more that we set our mind on this and, and aim our mind at this, the more we begin to, amen, know, everybody say no, the more we get to know the truth. 
And if we get to know the truth, the truth that you know is what sets you free. It gives you results. Uh, John in 15, I don't know if I gave you that text back there. John 15, did I give you that one? And uh, verses, uh, I believe, 7 and 8 is what, uh, thank you. If you abide in me and my words abide in you, you will ask what you desire and it shall be done for you. So obviously if the word's going in there, you'll know what you can pray for, what you can ask for. Come on, somebody. Hallelujah. And verse 8 says this, by this, in other words, by, by this happening, my father is glorified. That's what Jesus said. My father gets glorified by this, that you bear much fruit, and so you will be my disciples. Now, the point being is this. It's just results. It's all it's talking about, bearing fruit or results. So the more, that the, tr the more you're in the word, the more you aim your mind to the word, the more you value that word, the more you begin to know the truths that are in that word. And the more you get to know the truths that are in that word, the more free you become, the more results you come, the more fruit you bear. Come on, somebody. Why? Because you're knowing the truth. Hey! Right? So that's how this works. Amen. So again, it's not by, you know, hearing it one time, but by continually hearing it. And the more that you hear it, the more faith comes, the more free you become, the more results you get, the more fruit you bear. Praise God. Why? Because the Word is living and powerful. Praise God. That's how it works. Amen. So why we value the Word? Why? So we can, we can walk in the results that God has intended for us. Praise God. Look at your neighbor and say, you got some results coming to you, praise God. Amen? Hallelujah. Keeps us free, praise God. James 1, go ahead and put that. I saw you put it up there earlier. Let's go ahead and put it back. James 1, verse 25. This whole text here in James is, is dealing with, uh, you know, continuing with the word. Amen. Uh, it says here in verse 25, but he who looks into the perfect law of liberty or complete law or principle of liberty. Now, this, so he's calling the word because in text he's talking about the word. So uh, when you begin to look into the perfect law, I love it, the perfect law of liberty. In other words, this is where freedom and liberty comes. So the more you look into this, and it says, and continue in it, because that's the key, isn't it? Abiding, remaining, continuing, all right? That's what we do, amen. Abide, remain, continue. Abide, remain, continue. Stay with it, stick with it, all right? And it says, you, you're not a forgetful hearer, amen, so in other words, so the enemy can't come and steal the seed, but you're a doer. Look at your neighbor, smile real big, and just say, you doer, you. We're called to be doers, doers of the word. And what will happen? says this one will be blessed in what he does. But see, it starts with, you know, hearing it, seeing it, meditating on it, aiming our mind toward it. And as we do, faith comes. As we do, uh, we begin to know the truths that were within it. And the more truths we get to know, the freer we become. Are you still with me? Uh, has anybody ever had anything, uh, you know, God done something uh, since you've been saved? Let's just come at it from this angle. Since you've been saved, has there been things that have shifted or changed or areas of your life you've become more free in uh, since you've been saved? About half of you. I'm about to shift my sermon here. <laughs> How many in here, amen, have somewhere along the line in their walk in God have become more free in some area of your life? Thank you very much. And that's the truth. But how did that happen? It's not a complicated thing. How did it happen? 
just by you hearing it, you seeing it, you meditating on it, amen, coming in every week hearing something, amen, the more you did, the more it shifted and changed. Why? Because when it really comes down to it, your whole way of thinking began to shift and change. You don't see yourself as, as what you used to see yourself as, and now you see yourself different. You see things happening, and all of a sudden things begin to happen. Not only do you become more confident in God, amen, but you become more assured in those promises, amen, and you become, praise God, freer and freer and freer, amen, as the days go on. Isn't that good news? That's good news, amen. So, uh, you know, it's, it's about knowing the truth. And if you can if you get to know the truth, amen, that truth that you know then makes you free or sets you free, praise God. Let's look at another one here. We're going to go to Ephesians 6, all right? Why we value the Word, amen. Why is this Word so important, Amen. Now, I, I guarantee you, every one of these things that we've touched on, or we're just touching on them, there's no doubt we're not, we, we're not uh, exhausting the subject by any means. Um, and we can literally do full-blown sermons and series on each one of these things. But here we have in, in Ephesians 6, talking in context, it's the, uh, talking about the armor of God. And it says this, uh, it says, Take the helmet of salvation and the, what? The sword of the Spirit, which is the... Word of God, all right? So he, he makes it clear that your sword, in other words, your weapon, is the Word, okay? You have all the armament, okay? And, you know, if we were to back up, it starts listing the armor, okay? But then it talks about your weapon, amen, being the Word. Why do we value the Word? Because it is the weapon of choice. Amen. What you use against uh, the enemy, what you use against uh, those circumstances that try to take you under, you got to use the word. That's why you renew your mind to this word. That's why you want to think, uh, you know, have the thoughts here out of this word. Know the truths out of this word. Why you want to have faith, amen, concerning this word, amen. Why? Because it becomes a sword. In fact, this word here, uh, word, W-O-R-D, so the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. That word there is the word <laughs> rhema, okay? So rhema, which means literally a word made to, uh, to breathe on its own, okay? It is a revealed word, all right? So the point being is that the more this word comes alive, uh, maybe for those that don't know, there's uh, two major uh, Greek words for the word word, W, not trying to confuse everybody, W-O-R-D, one's logos, one's rhema. Logos means, uh, you know, a spoken word, something that's been said, amen, when God spoke, amen, it was, it was logos, it was spoken, it was, uh, you know, it was an inspired word, amen, hallelujah, and, uh, but, but the more you meditate on that word, it does a shift, and the idea is to get it from just a just a, you know, a, an inspired word, we, have to sh we want that to shift into a revealed word. Because when it shifts into a revealed word, it becomes part of your weaponry. Because if you stop and think about the things you are persuaded of and convinced of, no devil in hell can talk you out of it. No circumstance, no person on planet Earth can, can talk you out of it. Are you still with me? 
you get you get you get anchored. All right. So the key is, uh, you know, to uh, to have this as part of your weaponry. Praise God. Now, how many know that's what Jesus did? All right. Um, let's see here. Um, let's uh, uh, tell you what. Let's go to first. Put that First Timothy six. Put that on the board. Verse twelve, and uh, we'll we'll use this, and then we're gonna then we're gonna talk about uh, the Lord and how how he operated here. All right. So. Uh, the word says this, fight the good fight of faith. How many know that it is a fight? But it's a fight of faith, right, which makes it a good fight if you do it right. Come on. Uh, good fight's one that you win. That's a good fight. Amen. But it says here, you lay hold onto eternal life, uh, which it's not referring to, you know, length of time, but more about a quality of time, okay, so a life that you're called to. And it says, to which you are also called, and here, have confessed, the good confession in the presence of many witnesses, all right? So how does it become a good fight? Well, you're going to have to get your mouth doing something right here. Now listen, okay, this is how it works. The scriptures talk about Jesus um, in Revelations 1, Revelations 19, also uh, prophesied of him in Isaiah 49, talked about the Messiah coming uh, in dressed in white, riding a, har- a horse, and said... <laughs> What I say? But I. Sounds spiritual to me. But anyway, uh, anyway, uh, so anyway, uh, huh? All right, let's get spiritual now. Come on. All right. So he's riding on a horse. Well, all a Harley is is a steel pony, right? Come on, somebody. Anyway, so anyway, so riding the horse, amen, but it says something about him. It says, out of his mouth was coming a two-edged sword that went in and out. Now, how many know that he doesn't have a metal sword going in and out of his mouth? But what it's talking about is the Word of God, amen. That's how he operated, amen, by speaking the Word of God, amen. Matthew 4, uh, in verse 4, is probably a a pretty good reference of this, Um, and, uh, you know, the enemy... Uh, you know, he flushed the enemy out after he was uh, water baptized. And, of course, the, the, the Spirit of the Lord said, This is my son in whom I am well pleased. So by, basically it was on. So now the enemy knows uh, who he is. And uh, so Jesus flushes him out. And they go uh, out to, uh, to the wilderness, the Word says. And, and for 40 days, basically made himself at, if you can just say it this way, at his weakest. And then here come the enemy with some temptations. All right? And uh, how did Jesus deal with those temptations, even at his weakest, how did he deal with it? With the word of God. So he said, he answered and said to the, this is talking to the enemy here. He said, it is written. Everybody say it's written. Okay, so he took the written word, which is cool, right? Took the written word and, and used it. He said, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. He made that declaration to the enemy. The enemy couldn't come at him anymore in that area, so he came out another area, and the word says, he said, it is written. Quoted another verse. The enemy couldn't, so the enemy come at him another area, and he said, it is written. Quoted another verse. The point is, that's how he works. That's how it operates. Amen. So it becomes a weapon of choice. He takes the word of God, speaks it, amen, and basically um, you know, sticks that into that sword right up his nose. Come on, somebody. The point is, what happened then 
the enemy, the word says, the enemy left uh, hoping for another opportune moment and never really got one, never did, until Jesus was ready to lay down his life. But he used the word. I said he used the word. Um, let's, uh, uh, let's see, Matthew 8, I believe I gave you a reference out of Matthew 8. I just grabbed a couple of them there. Uh, Matthew 8 and 16, it said, And when evening had come, uh, they brought to him, talking to, about Jesus here, they brought to him many who were demon-possessed, and he cast out the spirits with a what? With a word. And he healed all who were sick. Amen. He used the word. Come on, somebody. How many know one word from God will change your life forever? Is that right? Come on. So with a word, he would, he would speak, amen, the word, amen, and literally demons would flee, amen. This is how he worked, amen. So the same way he's coming with a sword going in and out of his mouth is how he operated. That's never changed. He came, fulfilled the ministry. How did he fulfill the ministry, or at least part? I mean, how did it, you know, what, what part here we're talking about today is what he did was he spoke the word. He didn't get... Uh, caught up in debates and, and, and things, he would just speak the word, amen? And even at the times, you know, when, when the enemy or when the uh, religious leaders and people would come at him trying to trick him and trying to catch him, uh, you know, and, and just trying to, you know, deceive him and do things. I mean, he would, it's amazing how he'd just wait to hear the word from God. God would give him a word. He'd declare it, speak it, and it just put everything in order, Amen. So uh, we're not just talking about just the written word. Sometimes God speaks to you certain things, and those are things you should be declaring too. But the point we're trying to do is just show you the value of this word that we have right here. One of those reasons it's so valuable is because it becomes part of your weaponry. Amen. You have to begin to use this word. Amen. I mean, uh, you know, I think about um, how many times uh, people will, uh, you know, they, they, you know, the enemy comes and tries to steal, kill, and destroy like he does. And uh, we, we're more apt to talk and boo-hoo and complain and murmur and gripe about it. And, you know, it takes, it takes energy to do that. I'm just, just saying, it's just a thought I'm having there. It takes energy to, to gripe. And you might even have something worthy of griping about. But how many know griping has never helped anybody? Come on, somebody. So you might be up against a situation or have a circumstance that is, is weighing heavy on you or worn against you, however you want to word it. You griping about it, all you're doing is extending energy that ain't going to accomplish anything. It's like what Paul talked about, you know, of, of, of uncertainty. Talking about how it's like swinging in the air and not connecting a punch. You can grumble and gripe about things, and you never, all you're doing is extending energy and getting no result. But if you get the Word of God coming out your mouth, if you find that promise that's dealing with whatever, and nowadays it's very, it's not near as complicated because all you got to do is go to your phone. You know, there have been people out there that have already done the work for you. Already found all the promises that concern all these areas, and you could just literally go and find, you know, a promise in the word uh, concerning the thing you're dealing with. 
And all you have to do is say, just, just, just hold off, devil, just a minute. Just hang on. No, no, just hang on. Okay, uh, my promise for today is by his stripes I was healed. So shut up, devil. Come on. Come on, somebody. Huh? He forgave my iniquities and healed all my diseases. Oh, no, no, don't run off, devil. I got another one for you here. <laughs> Hang on here. But see, we can sit here and go, I just don't understand why I'm always sick and I'm always, oh, it feels so horrible. Just, oh, God, I'm just so tired. <laughs> Hold on, devil. I got one right here for you. Huh? How about this? You know, you're dealing with, with guilt or with shame uh, or something. You know, the enemy's so good at playing those kind of head trips. Come on, somebody. And you can sit here and go, I just, I just trying to just live this thing, and I just can't. I just don't know why it never ever worked for me. And I just thought maybe by now I'd be, you know, a spiritual giant, and I'm not. And I just feel like I'm always getting beat on. And, well, that's really helping, right? And so you stop picking on me, Pastor. No, I'm not. I'm not trying to pick on anybody. We've all been guilty of these kind of things. Okay. Or you can go to the Word. It says, wait a minute. Wait a minute. Wait. Oh, it says right here that I am the righteousness of God through Christ. Oh, hold it. It says I'm an ambassador for Christ. Oh, hold it. No, it says I'm a new creation in Christ. Old things have passed through. Hold it. Hold it. If I receive the abundance of grace and of the gift of righteousness, I shall reign in life by the one Christ Jesus. Hallelujah. Uh, or, you know, and so the point is this, you know, you can extend energy one way or another. You might as well just take a minute or two. Come on, somebody. Go to the Word. I keep doing this like I got my phone. And for me, it's more the iPad. If I'm going to do anything, it's going to be an iPad. Uh, you know, uh, you know, I might go and find something out, you know. But, uh, uh, you know, old school is actually open your Bible. <sighs> Open up that word and grab it. You know, you could sit here, you can, you can extend energy, being upset, being down, being depressed, grumbling, griping, complaining. Or you could take a little energy, come on, go to the word, find out what the word has to say about it, praise God, and say, okay, it is written. And begin to quote it. Now, you got to, you know, it's, it's one way or the other. What, what are you going to extend energy doing? Now, one way actually becomes a weapon that backs your enemy up. The other one just allows him to stay in the corner of the room and laugh at you while you beat yourself up. Because the more you grumble about it, the more he can just stand back and just kind of laugh at you because you're just now you're beating yourself up. And he's, he's so good at it, he's a head tripper. That's what he does. But he won't leave. But the sword, amen, the word of God coming out your mouth becomes a weapon that backs the enemy up. Well, I don't know the word that good. I said, it ain't complicated anymore. You know, promise books, and I don't know what the programs they have, apps now, that's all it is. It's just about all the promises of God. You just look up, you know, depression, how to beat it with the word. 
I could probably throw up half a dozen verses. Come on, somebody. How to beat that instead of letting it dictate and control your life. Come on, somebody. And we're not picking on nobody. Okay, we all got, we all got our warfare somewhere. We all got something we're dealing with. Come on, somebody. Something we're working on, right? And, and I think to me that the thing that just jumped in my spirit uh, about today is that, you know, you can, you can extend energy doing one thing or another. What, what are you, you going to do? I mean, are you going to, you know, throw punches that do nothing? I mean, you can even gripe and complain that the devil, you might even know who your enemy is and, and gripe and complain that he's, he's beating you up. It over, that's what it does. The more you grumble about it and, and mur, murmur, and it overwhelms you. So in other words, that's why the devil can sit back and laugh at you because you just, you just beat yourself up. You just make it worse. You ever been in a fight? These ladies are going, yeah, <laughs> amen, took her down. You know, I mean, you can, somebody's sitting there punching on you, and you're not going to say, stop it, stop it. Not today, motor scooter. <laughs> or you can say, wait a minute, I think I'm going to throw a few punches myself, praise God. Well, grab that sword, praise God. Some people have their sword. It's uh, nice and shiny, and it, it uh, hangs on the mantle. Well, that's my sword. I mean, it ain't going to do no good being on the mantle. Come on. But it'll do you some good if it comes out your mouth. And all of a sudden, it starts pushing back the enemy. And next thing you know, you're walking freer and freer and freer. And, you know, um, I'm, I'm a firm believer that everybody needs some successes. Okay? Firm believer of it. And you should always keep moving forward because you start gaining successes. And the more success you get, the more notches on the belt you get. The more notches on the belt you get, praise God, you get to a certain place. There's where confidence and assurance and faith. Come on, somebody. Praise God. So pretty soon the enemy he sticks his head in the, in the door and you just kind of do this. You just kind of lift up and say, you see that? Remember the last time you came in? You want another beating? Come on. Now people say, well, well, Pastor, you know, sometimes you're just so aggressive. Well, you know. You're going to extend energy one way or another. So my thought is, why not be on the winning side? How about this? Why not be on the right side of the weapon? Just a thought I'm having here now. Amen. Why not, amen, use it for what it's meant to be used for? Okay, go back. Well, I'll close with this. Go back to uh, 1 Timothy 6 and 12 again. If you will put that up, we'll close with this. Um, so, a good fight of faith, part of it is going to have to be confessing a good confession. All right? So, the word confession. So, uh, homoslogia is the Greek word, and it just means same word or covenant acknowledgement. So, saying the same thing. What he says is this. This is how you win your fight. You're going to have to say the same word. 
This is your covenant. And every time you say this word, you're acknowledging your covenant. Come on, somebody. You're speaking the same word. So a good confession, amen. So you confess a good confession. And if you have to, you do it in the presence of many witnesses. Now, why, why is that so important? Well, because a lot of times you get around people, that's when you have a tendency to say the wrong thing. They start saying it. Next thing you know, you're saying it. Come on, somebody. So that's where you have to start saying, well, well, you know what? The Word says this. And pretty soon you say, well, if I say that, they're all going to say you're weird. Well, they already think you're weird. Come on. But listen, do you want to win the fight or not? Now, we're not talking about fighting with each other by any means. We're talking about our, we have an enemy. And uh, if you want to win the fight, that means that you're going to have to start saying the same word, use your weapon, amen, and do it on a continual basis, amen. So that doesn't mean that you say it, you stand on, you know, you confess your word a little bit, and then when the going gets tough, you go ahead and murmur, gripe, and complain about it for a bit. No, we've got to constantly be saying it. Amen. Use the weapon that has been given you. Amen. The word of God. Why do we value the word? Because it's the weapon of choice. Why do we value the word? Because faith comes. Why do we value the word? Because you get to know truths, and those truths make you free. Amen. Why do we value the word? Because it's what gives us assurance. Amen. Why do we value the word? Because it, it, it gives you clarity and decision making. Why do we value the word? Because, praise God, we can, we can discern things properly. Why do we value the word? Because you can renew your mind to it. Why do we value the word? Because it brings transformation. Why do we value the word? Because it's living and powerful. We value the word because it brings change, brings freedom, and it brings deliverance. Praise God. Did you get something today? Give the Lord a praise. Come on. Hallelujah. Why don't you all stand up? Praise God. God is good. Woo. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Father, we give you praise and glory once again. We're thankful for your word, thankful for these truths. Thank you, Lord, uh, for a people that value your word. Hallelujah. Father, we thank you. We thank you. Praise God for all that you've done, all that you're doing, and all that you're about to do in our midst. So, Father, we choose the word. Hallelujah. We choose to value your word over everything else. Hallelujah. We choose you. Hallelujah. And so, Father, I give you praise today. Lord, as your word even says, the more we hear it, the more faith comes. So I believe more faith came today. Hallelujah. The more we hear that word, the more we get to know the truths. So I believe today people got to know the truth. Praise God. Hallelujah. And as a result, praise God, becomes part of their arsenal. And we give you the praise and the glory for it. In Jesus' name, amen. And Thank you for joining us for this message. We'd like to take this opportunity to encourage those listening from anywhere in Central Oregon to join us Sunday mornings at 10 a.m. and Wednesday evenings at 7 p.m. for our regular services. We understand that many do not have a home church 
and we can't emphasize enough the importance of connecting with a church family. We'd be honored to meet you and spend time with you praising God.